Hello and welcome to The Wisdom Journey. Stephen's been in the book of Proverbs for the last several lessons. Today, we come to the last chapter. Proverbs is an instruction book for living wisely in this world. And good instruction is best reinforced by living examples. Proverbs 31 shows us how to follow the teaching of this book through the marvelous example of a godly woman and wife. This lesson is called The Profile of a Godly Woman. Some time ago, someone in my church sent me a humorous list of things his mother taught him while he grew up. It read, My mother taught me the value of cleanliness when she said, If you and your brothers are going to kill each other, go outside. I just cleaned the house. (laughs) He also wrote, My mother taught me the value of perseverance when she said, You're going to sit there at that dinner table until you've eaten all your spinach. Well, I can identify with that one. How about you? Many a night I'd be alone at the dinner table with green peas left on my plate, and I can't stand green peas to this day. Obviously, they're the result of a fallen world. My mother would tell me I had to stay at the dinner table until those peas were all gone. Well, I started storing uh, my peas under the rim of my plate and then mashing them under the rim so they'd stick. And then I'd volunteer to rinse off the dishes. Well, my mother finally figured that out, and she went out and bought clear glass plates. <laughs> and that ended uh, that practice. Well, frankly, there are too many things to list that I learned from my godly mother growing up. How about you? Uh, she would often point out a plaque hanging on the wall of our missionary home where my three brothers and I grew up, and it read this, Only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. Well, we've arrived at the final chapter in the book of Proverbs. Guess what? It happens to be advice from a mother to her son. The chapter begins here in verse 1 with this heading, the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. Now, we don't have any record of a King Lemuel in the Old Testament, but Lemuel means belonging to God. And I I agree with some Old Testament scholars that Lemuel was actually a special name for Solomon given to him by his mother who had dedicated him to God. And Solomon's mother, of course, was none other than Bathsheba. So a dedication of Solomon to the Lord would represent her own personal testimony of repentance and commitment to the Lord. And she wanted nothing more than for her son to follow the Lord as well. I think it's interesting that her first piece of advice to Solomon is a warning here in verse 3. Do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. Huh. She would know, wouldn't she? Because of her sin with King David, she would see his family filled with trouble and division. It's actually sad, having read this, to consider that Solomon is not going to heed his mother's advice. Women will certainly enter his life. They're going to destroy his godly reputation. He's going to allow them to destroy his walk with God. Well, a second warning from Bathsheba concerns the dangers of alcohol. 
She says to him here in in verse 5 that drinking clouds the minds of kings. She says, they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Now, I'm guessing here, but who knows? David might have been drinking that night. He saw Bathsheba down there in her courtyard bathing. Did he drink and forget what had been decreed by the Lord as it related to adultery and how a king should act? Why would he act so foolishly? Well, following uh, these particular warnings, Bathsheba now begins to describe for Solomon the profile of a godly woman. Here's the list for finding a wife, and it stretches some 22 verses. This list, by the way, reminds me of godly characteristics for a good husband. You'll find that in 1 Timothy chapter 3. It's required of men who lead the church, and frankly, it's part of a profile of every man who wants to be a godly man. Now, that list is always intimidating to me, but let me tell you, it's good for me. I'll never get it all down perfectly, but it is the goal of godliness for you and me, for every man who belongs to the Lord, to pursue. Well, no woman's going to get this list down perfectly either, but these 22 verses give us the goal of godliness for women to this very day. Now, this section, beginning here in verse 10, is actually a poem. It's an acrostic poem. Each verse begins with a consecutive letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it made the passage easy for the nation of Israel to memorize. And it begins with a question here in verse 10, an excellent or virtuous wife who can find she is far more precious than jewels. In other words, a man can be financially poor, but if he finds a wife like this, he's a wealthy man. He can trust her, verse 11 says, with his heart and with his life. Now, when you read this list, you're going to find out she's one of the hardest working women on the planet. In fact, no woman is going to be able to keep all this up without these maidens that she has working for her mentioned here in verse 15. She evidently had a household staff of women. My wife has often joked with me that she'd be able to fulfill Proverbs chapter 31 if I just hire a house full of women to work for her. Well, for my faithful wife, and and more than likely for many of the wives listening to me today, you don't have a house full of people working for you, do you? It's probably just you. Well, even if it is just you, Bathsheba gives some great advice here. She adds to the list a description of financial discernment. We see her here working, not only at home, but earning money outside the home. Verse 16 says, She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. Down in verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. She's not just selling clothes in the marketplace, by the way. She's clothing her own family. Verse 21 says, she's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. That word translated scarlet actually means double garment. So their garments were doubly thick for the cold, snowy winter. We're told here in verse 20 that she cares for people outside her family. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. Now, don't think she gives everything away and walks around dressed like a pauper. We're told here in verse 22 that her own clothing is fine linen and purple. Well, that statement represents a measure of wealth. 
and fashionable taste in clothing. Now we're given a a rather brief glimpse of her husband here in verse 23. He's a man who's known in the gates. He's sitting among the elders. That means he's a well-respected man, perhaps even a judge. So the idea here is that his wife is increasing his credibility. She has increased his respectability by her actions and by her reputation. So it's no wonder that, that this poem includes a personal statement now from her husband. In verse 29, he says, Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Now, we know from the record of Second Samuel that Bathsheba had been a woman beautiful and charming enough to get the attention of David's faithful soldier, Uriah. Uh, this renowned warrior married her. Sadly, Bathsheba also was beautiful enough to get the attention of David, who abused his power manipulated his role, asking to get Bathsheba into his palace that night. But now just listen to what beautiful Bathsheba has to say about beauty. Here in verse 30, charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Would you listen to her as she's giving counsel to her son? Charm, oh, that that can be deceitful. It can get you into trouble. Beauty is vain. It it can be vanity. It can be empty without any relationship with the Lord. It doesn't lead to satisfaction. Let me tell you, if you have a godly mom, if you are blessed to be married to a godly woman, well, she's going to hand out this same advice. She's going to be more concerned with her character than her complexion. She's going to saturate her mind more with the Word of God than with the latest trends. She's going, to, she's going to challenge her children, if she has any, to pursue the approval of God and the attention of God rather than gain the attention and approval of people. She's going to live by this principle. Only one life. It will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. With that, we finish our wisdom journey through the book of Proverbs. Until our next journey begins, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. With that, we end our time in Proverbs here on The Wisdom Journey. Stephen called this lesson, The Profile of a Godly Woman. When we come back next time, Stephen will begin the book of Ecclesiastes. One of Stephen's passions is training and equipping men and women for service to God. That's why he founded and serves as president of Shepherd's Theological Seminary. Graduates of Shepherd Seminary are serving God in their churches and communities all over the world. Stephen and the faculty of STS want to invest in you. Go to our website, wisdomonline.org, and you'll find a link to Shepherd Seminary at the bottom of the page. Then join us next time as we continue the wisdom journey.